Welcome to episode 122 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name's Trent, this is Jason, and guess what? We've got Scott Barlett of Saving Able. What do you know? How many can say that? Probably a few, but not many. That's right. Yeah. I think you're annoyed with our neighbors, aren't you? I am. I am. They're like trying to lift a fucking sea dew off of a trailer. By hand? By hand. And put it on a shittier trailer? And put it on a shittier trailer. And then... The dog's just looking at him like, what the F? Yeah. They get, dog needs to be careful. He get crushed by the goddamn sea dew. Then they pop off fireworks intermittently. And I think that, you know, Kim Jong-un's fucking invading us. And it makes my dog shit himself. But whatever, you know. That's life for you. Yeah, that's that's life. Something better than that that we forgot to mention on the last episode is Zach Wild is back with Ozzy. Oh, yeah. Did you just, like, just remember that? Good call, it man. It just came in my head, and That's I don't know awesome. why we forgot about it in the last episode when, it, th- when it was like fresh news. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? I think it's a good thing because now you can go to an Ozzy show and not hear Randy Rhodes solos bastardized by Guest G. Uh, you know what? I didn't say that. I, he, he, the only ones he bastardized were Zach Wilde's solos. I thought I heard him. Well, maybe I got confused. It's been so long since I've watched YouTube videos. I just remember him. When I saw him, he did a pretty good job at everything. I'm not saying was, he's bad. I'm just saying he just no. like took the solos and decided to just like make him his own, which there I was, guess is his right, but uh, whatever. It's been so long ago, I can't remember which Zach songs, but there's a couple that there's one he just butchered the solo. Like, butchered it. A toddler could have done better. But (laughs) there's one solo he just nailed spot on. So, who knows, you know. But it doesn't matter anymore because Zach's back. Yeah. And, you know, they're just announcing it as for this tour that they're going to announce at some point. There's Mm -hmm. a few festival dates announced so far. It could turn into a permanent thing, you know. Aren't they they talking about an album, too, in the press release? I didn't notice that. I, I, I hope... And if they do that, I hope that they, they get to just write themselves. They yes. don't get a lot of outside stuff going on because then it'll just sound generic like the last two ones. Yeah. The last two records. Sorry. Yeah, we talked about that on our Ozzy. Oh, yeah. Every album in a row because the stuff he did with Zach was great until they wrote it and then brought Zach in to play it. And it sounds good, but it the song him, the songs aren't there, you know. Yeah, and they held back his playing, not so much, not 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 so flashy, which you can't tell Zach Wilde to do that, right? You can't. Yeah. Well, hopefully this comes in our area so we can see Zach play oh, with yeah. Ozzy. Oh, I'd go. Yeah. Last time I saw Zach with Ozzy was at Ozfest, and it was like really far away. So I really want to see. I want to see a good one. Maybe it'll be Rocklahoma next year. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Bam. Yeah. Well, speaking of Rocklahoma, we're three weeks, three and a half weeks out, basically. Yeah. Or no, actually three weeks on the dot. Yeah. Well, so I, before that three weeks hits, you can expect a Rocklahoma preview episode. Really? I would assume. Well, you we got know, a lot of shit lined up. Are you yeah. still going to hold us to that fire? I would think we've done it the last two years, right? Yeah, it's an annual tradition. Yeah, it's yeah, our it only is. annual tradition. That's that's right. It is. It's, it sounds kind of like you're saying anal tradition. Annual. I okay. thought I said annual. Annual. I didn't I know, know you. I didn't pronounce it like annual. Maybe annual. It, maybe it's what I heard. My mind's in the gutter. Yeah. 
But if that's the case, I just brought this podcast down like way, 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 like way low. <laughs> right. And I think I'm I just kind of backfired on me. Anyways, Rocklahoma, right. where right. are we at? Well, besides that, we do have stuff lined up here in the next couple of weeks. We've oh, got man. Less Than Human. Yeah. We've got Custom Black. Yeah. We've got Chris Taylor from DMG. Definitely. The Dark Side Stage at Rocklahoma. And we've got Scott. Scott. That's today. <laughs> we've got. You son of a bee. We've got Andy from Archon. Yeah, that's coming, right. And maybe some other things. But yeah, I would think, you know, in that three week span, maybe we could sneak it in right before. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Don't quote me on that, but it might happen. All and right. At the least, there will be a review. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, we talked about the fact that Scott Bartlett of Saving Able is here. We're going to get to that in a bit. But first, we're going to talk about the show that we recorded the interview with Scott at. Definitely. Saving Able came to town, to Tulsa, played the venue Shrine, and there was five opening acts. Yep. And, you know, I think on this podcast before, we've made mention that sometimes that seems like a little much. But then when I think about it, in this case, it doesn't really matter because... The five bands are good. Yeah. And yeah, if they're it, good, then it, the live music is never too much, right? That's right. It worked. It was a great time. And the other thing is, you know, I think about whenever I hear people say there's too many openers or whatever, you got to think Saving Able's playing a place like this. They're always going to go on at 10 or 11 and play their hour, hour and a half. Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's one band or five bands before them. Yeah. So. True. The same thing's going to happen, so show up and watch some good music. There you go. And that's what we did. Yeah. So we had Driver. Yeah, Driver kicked it off. Grind, Chasing Jenny, Wither, and JDT. Yeah. And then, of course, Saving Able. That's right. So we're just run through these. Okay. First up, well, we want to mention first off... There was a few sound issues throughout this. That there plagued. were throughout the evening. Not the whole show, but two or three bands had some issues. Some more than others. It nothing, happens. Nothing, obviously, that's their fault, but no. just sound issues. You know, and that's the shrine isn't known for that. I've been to tons of shows there, and it always sounds great. Yeah. So it was just one of those nights. These things happen, you know. It, it, maybe it's hard to pinpoint, but you know, maybe it's not for us to say, but. These things happen, but you know, all, all these guys weathered through it and came out the other end looking badass, like the professional professionals they are. Right. Well, Driver was up first, and this was the first official Tulsa show with Eddie Green on vocals. Yeah. They played in Dallas with him for their first show with him, and then, you know, of course he was... Still filling in at the point when he played Tulsa at the Lotta Fest. Yeah. When we had seen him the first time with them. We knew it was going to be good because we had seen it once. And kind of like what we talked about that first time, it amps their sound up to another level. Because what Eddie did with even the dogs was he has that voice that is great melodic metal where he can sing melodic choruses verses and then just get heavy as hell as well yeah and that's what he did with even the dogs and that's what he's brought into driver you know previously driver just had clean vocals which was great but there was a couple of their new songs they were playing where he was he brought the heavy and it sounded great yeah yeah it sounded 
sounded amazing. It was just next level shit, and it was it's kind of like where you kind of want a band like this to go. Uh, you know, musically, these guys are just perfect heavy metal, just heavy metal. Uh, I mean, you know, if if you like, you know, if you like the Metallicas and the Megadeths and the you know the Judas Priests and this kind of stuff, this is your kind of thing. And uh, you know, Eddie just kicks it up a notch. Yeah. And that dual guitar attack they got with, Definitely. with Jude and Nathan, you know, is yeah. always excellent. And this whole band is excellent. Yes, they are. You know, Robin and Mike, of course, too. It's just one of those bands that you love you love seeing live. And now, like I said, even more so because it's just, it's taken him, you know, Mike, is, Mike has even said that. It's going in a direction that he had hoped it would go. And here they are. They got the perfect singer for it. Definitely. So look for more from them. And, of course... You can go back to episode 111 and find out all the behind-the-scenes details on this. That's right. We had Eddie and Mike on here. Well, I don't know. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm forgetting the exact order, but was Chasing Jenny second, or was it Grind? I think it was Chasing Jenny. Okay. They're one of the ones that the sound issues kind of hit hard. Mm-hmm. But like I mentioned earlier, that's not their issue. I mean, that's not their fault. This is a good band. We've seen them live more than once. Yes. We know they're good. You could hear her voice and you could hear that she's singing good. You could hear his guitar kind of, but that was the major issue to me was I moved further in the back thinking maybe I could hear a little better and I could kind of, but still it was just something going on. It was just one of those nights where, unfortunately, but they played through their set and what you could hear sounded great. Yeah. Well, and like I said earlier, you know, you power through that, that just shows your professionalism. Yeah. You know, they're, they're another great band to check out. They're kind of molding their own little thing where it's a mix of that kind of nineties alternative rock sound mixed with like a classic rock sound and a hard rock thing, just all kind of mixed together. Great female vocalist, great guitar work. And you know, check them out. They're out of Oklahoma City. Definitely. Well, then we had Grind, I think. I mean, yes. Like I said, order doesn't really matter. We're just talking about these bands. Yeah. Grind, we've talked about many times. We've talked about having them back on here. It's been way back. I think like episode, four, it was 40-something. We got to do it. So we're way back there. This is another band that's kind of setting themselves apart in the scene, I think, because while everybody else tends to be really heavy or really one thing or the other grind sets there is just that full-on swagger rock and roll hard rock band that's right i I mean i i can't tell you how excited seeing this band live makes me feel i mean they're like you like you said they're they're not metal they're they're just good hard rock i mean and you know it's just it's a nod to the 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 classic roots of, you know, hard rock without, uh, you know, without, you know, being lame or copying anything. I mean, it, it's just, uh, it, it's a meat and potatoes rock and roll. I mean, it, it's got, like you said, swagger. It's got groove. It's also, it also hits hard. I mean, it, you know, I, I've said this. I told them this. It's like every time I see them, I want to start a band. Right. You know, that's just what... It, it, you know, it inspires you to, 
makes you feel like a 17 year old kid again. I mean, they like all the same stuff, you know, the, the fucking Krabi era Motley Crue and the, the old Van Halen. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's just fucking great, man. I mean, I could, I could go on, but I already sound like a stupid fanboy. So, <laughs> right. you know, well, one thing to point out during their set is there's two guitarists. Dale, the singer, also plays guitar. And partway through their set, CJ's amp went out. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing that went in with the sound issues of the night because he thought it was completely blown, but he said when he plugged it in when he got home, it was perfectly fine. So yeah. just goes into that whole evening. But the, the fact is, is amp went out and the, the band, you know, was kind of covering waiting for him to come back in and then he couldn't get it going so he walked over and motioned to Dell. Dell took off his guitar and handed it to him and he whipped out solo there you go and it went seamlessly because these guys know That's what right. they're doing and the other thing is if you weren't watching if you were just sitting at the bar not really listening you would never know that happened that's yeah. how seamless and smooth it is yeah i mean that, that's that's some things you got to do sometimes uh you know as as a working band, is you've got to you know you've got to make these adjustments on the fly. You never know what's going to come at you. I mean, you've seen major acts do it, so it's always refreshing if you see someone on this independent level do it and do it. Yeah, like a major act would. Yep, exactly. I mean, it, it was just uh, <sighs> to me, it wasn't it wasn't a detriment to see. It was just a a cool thing to see. You right. Know? Yeah. Something different and. Uh, you know, I, I'm just even more impressed. So, yeah, there you go. And Dell mentioned after the fact, he's like, hey, that was kind of nice not having to worry about anything other than singing, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. Maybe yeah. they're onto something. Well, they've got a show coming up actually this two days from now, this Saturday yes. at Billy and Renee's. They're playing with Machine in the Mountain, Not in Public, and Reliance Code. Yeah. Another great lineup. That's right. You know, you, that's just one of those things where we've talked about all these bands a million times, put them all together, you know you're going to have a great night. Yep. They're also playing... May 20th. Yeah, at the Vanguard with Oklahoma Hombres and Skytown, and I think there might be a fourth band. Stanley's Revenge. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. That's another band, man. We saw them a couple years ago. Yes, it's been a while. Yes, we did. Yeah, so it's been quite a while. Get out to the Vanguard in Tulsa on May 20th for that one as well. Then what we had, we had Wither. Yes. And this is a band that, you know, I've seen their name. I know they played a show I went to earlier this year, but missed them on the bill. They've got this great, you know, kind of modern hard rock sound. They've got the great vocals that are, you know, clean, melodic, and he screams as well. Yeah, these guys are set for the airwaves. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got good hooks. Uh, they've got riffs. You know, and they've got the, the soaring vocals with the, the gruff vocals. I mean, uh, if if this is if this is your thing, you're going to love these guys. I know you hate whenever I say or anyone says this, but if you're a fan of... Yeah, I hate the whole for fans of <laughs> thing. Sometimes it's unavoidable. Yeah, but I mean, if you like stuff like Seasons After, Breaking Benjamin, Reliance Code, yeah, you know, this fits into that vein, you know, that that harder rock you know that fits on the octane or the radio that kind of thing but has a harder edge to it smarter smarter lyrics and melodies and that kind of thing than some of your average hard rock bands yeah i'll just a quick story i'll tell you why i hate for fans of okay back when i was playing out uh there was a independent zine around tulsa called imperial boogie 
Do you remember that? Yeah. I forgot about it until you just said it. Yeah. Great guys. I mean, and I was I was happy that they reviewed us, but they always started it off with or for fans of. And they said for fans of Smash Mouth. Fuck you. Okay. Fuck you. Oh, god damn it. That's Allison, a whole other story. Allison Chains. Anyways, yeah. For fans of like later Ozzy, Allison Chains, Seven Dust, which I'm cool with all that, and then Creed. <laughs> and I was just pissed the fuck off. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? You're a guitarist in a band and you're mad that someone's comparing you to a band that has Mark Tremonti in it? Uh, no. See, I just flipped that around. Oh, God damn it. That's not what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, okay? I know what you mean. Quit breaking my balls here. I'm trying to tell a story. <laughs> okay. So that's, and, and I thought that I just, you know, but, you know, you never know. Maybe that was right. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it seemed like any band back then that didn't have a fucking DJ was getting compared to Creed. So I don't know. Right. But anyways, that doesn't matter. It just, that's why I don't like the whole for fans of thing. Okay. There you go. And well, the whole, the whole Smash Mouth thing is a different story for another time. Right. And you can go to hell. <laughs> well, let's find out if we're right about Wither. Okay. The things I just said a minute ago. Let's do it. This is a song by Wither called Lights Out.
Lights Out by Wither. Check them out on Facebook. Give them a like. You can find them on Reverb Nation. They've got other songs up as well. There's a lyric video for that song. Check it all out. Like I said, great, great catchy song with great vocals, great guitar work. You know, it's it's cool. It's what you want from a from a heavy rock band, I think. Well, yeah. What else do you need? I mean, really. Yeah. You know. Definitely. That's right. They're, they've got a show coming up May seventeenth in Oklahoma City at Thunder Alley, opening for Through Fire. Okay. So if you're in this area, get your ass down there. Thunder Alley is always a fun time. Do it. Well, finally, before Saving Able, was a band called JTD. Okay. No, I just said that wrong. JDT. Yes. Because when we first heard the name, instantly both of us started screaming, <laughs> JTP. <laughs> Jenkintown Posse. Because we love the Goldbergs. I was going to say, if you don't get the reference, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but Jason Carroll might have got it. But if you yes. don't watch the Goldbergs, then just excuse everything I just said. There's so many great things about the Goldbergs. We could do a whole hour on the Goldbergs. But anyways, right? we won't. Maybe we should do an episode someday. Why not? Well, the point is, JDT was not advertised on this Mm-mm. this bill ahead of time, at least. So I was kind of got there, saw them on the list. I was like, well, I wonder what that is. And what it was was fantastic fucking rock and roll. Yes. Said that about a lot of bands, but it's one of those bands I saw them, heard them for the first time when I'm seeing them live, and was just completely fell in love. Yeah. They've got that straight up American brash rock and roll. Yeah. Where it's, you know, a little bit of swagger, like we said, of the grind, but it's not even really that heavy, you know? No, it's just classic bluesy. If you like stuff like Rival Sons, maybe. Yeah, maybe you know, that maybe Black Crows at times on yes. the harder side of Black Crows. Yes, just kind of that 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 kind of that kind of deal. Some blues mixed in mm-hmm. with the the hard rock. Everything about it was great. Yeah. So be on the lookout for these guys as well. Definitely. JDT, Joey Detrillo, I think is how you say his name, okay. the singer. So I'm not really sure. I never saw on their page what the T stands for, but I assume the JD is his initials. Yeah. But there you go. That's right. Well, I don't know. Either way, it was badass. Yeah. So look these guys up on Facebook. Follow them as well. Great band. You know, hopefully we'll be playing their music down the line. Then, of course, Saving Able came up. Great live band. Seen them on many occasions. Scott Barlett's a great guitarist. Always liked them better than a lot of your radio rock bands because they had that kind of southern edge to them. Yeah. We talk about that here in the interview coming up. And, you know, what more than you need to say? If you've been a fan of rock and roll over the past 10 years, you've probably seen Saving Able at some point because yes. they've toured with all kinds of bands. And and if you don't think you know any of their songs, you you do. Well, yeah, because a lot of people think they remember one song, but then you actually remember They've got like way more that you don't six or think seven. about, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into this. If you're a fan of Scott Bartlett, or if you're not, you might be after you listen to this. Yeah, that's right. Check this out. Scott Barlett of Saving Able. Saving Able one on the mirror. 
You should tell them, look. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I know the guys. <laughs> Fork it over. Oh, yeah. So are y'all coming to the show tonight? Oh, yeah. yeah. Is, yeah. This, is this home for you guys? Yeah. 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 Yep. Sure is. I like this town, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah we used to always go to the, uh, there's that area of town with the, it's not Lone Star, but it's like, there's a steakhouse and then there's everything around it, like Buffalo Wild. But it's like the corporate commercial part of town. Yeah. 22nd, uh, 118th Street or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, uh, oh, I bet. That's like way south from the south of here. Yeah, but it seemed like it was like the main drag. Really? It was yeah, like a so long memorial, been, probably. Okay. And like a, out there uh, where the movie theater's at. Oh, yeah. And there's all kinds of stuff. We used to hang out down there all the time. And yeah. It got to be where it was like the, our days off were there. Yeah. So we'd get like, we'd get hooked up with drinks every time, you know. <laughs> I think there were a few fights. It was just a good time. It was like nine years ago. <laughs> yeah, this downtown nine years ago was uh, yeah. desolate. Was it? Yeah. That's it's the way Memphis the past is. past five or six years that it's really developed and blown up to all these restaurants and clubs. And it's good that you got money to do it. Memphis yeah. was that way when I moved there. I always heard Memphis is going to be this kick-ass city. I moved there to go to college. It was like downtown Beale Street was one block yeah. of four bars. You yeah. know, but it was cool. Now it's like there's no juke joints left on Beale Street. It's like you go hear fucking Jesse's girl and get frozen fucking margaritas. It's like, <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah. yeah, downtown used to be the place where it's pretty sketchy. You might not want to go, and now it's just everywhere. They're building... Yogurt bars and all kinds of Yogurt stuff. bars. <laughs> I never remember that. So how's this run been going with Scott Wilson on base? Good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh I mean he's a he's a very old and dear friend of mine. So when we knew Eric had to take some time off, uh, he was just a shoe and we were already on tour with Tantric. So we were just it was just an easy fit, you know. So was there shows where he was doing double duty? No. Oh, God. Not yet. He's got, he's got one on this run. We're doing one show at Tantric at the very end of the run. And uh, good for him. Double pay duty. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what kind of feedback did you guys get after you put out Bloodstained Revolution with the new vocalist? I mean, I mean from fans at least. It was... Um, there were a lot of haters at first. And then... People just slowly, like, if you kill them with kindness, you know, which is what we've always been about. Like, we're not pretentious rockers. I mean, we're morons, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. You know, we, we just, uh, we play the rock star card by just going out and being dumb, but we're never abrasive or mean. We just don't take ourselves too seriously. So with Scotty, that side of it, like, just the, the being out in public, like, and being around people, that part people accepted very quickly. Now, the musical side was very different because we didn't want a carbon copy of Jared. We are like, you know, here we have an opportunity. We can look at this as a detriment or an opportunity. You know, we kind of took over the world there for a while with Jared at the helm singing, you know, being the front man. And then we put somebody in place that was just drastically different, you know, not perfect vocals or like edgy, raw rough you know so and our music has always been pretty polished versus refined or like versus like polished and refined versus edgy and abrasive and so we just we kept when, when you still have the same songwriters in place and you still have the same instrumentation 
you're just switching out the vocals. It still felt and sounded like Saving Abel. It just had a different person kind of steering the ship. And our engineer and producer, Justin Reimer, was a protege of the guy that did the first three records, Skid Mills. So we maintained the Saving Abel sound, but it had this sort of roughness to it that almost made it sound like our first record. Like we were confused, who knows what's going to come next. And the fans really dug it from what I understand. There was people like, what is this? I don't understand what this is. And then after they lived with it for a few weeks, they were like, dude, this shit kicks ass. Holy shit. Like, you know. And I think that's just the way music is, you know? Like, a lot of times people have to be convinced that it's good. You know, you got to live with the songs for a little while before you can really understand them and feel them. And I look back on that record as a stepping stone. I feel like our best work is yet to come. And that was just sort of a, a mild stepping stone. We had to put something out. The year we recorded that record, we also played 306 shows. Damn, Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we had, like, we recorded that record in something like 12 days. And yeah. we were, like, flying home to go cut, like, you know, like guitar overdubs. Three of the songs were written on the spot, you know? So it was like, you guys, our manager said, you got to put something out. We were like, here's everything we got. He goes, cool, go record it. You know? We did it without a label, which is time was money, you know. So it was, to me, I look back very favorably on that time because it's almost like we had to put something out. Can you guys handle it while you're touring? Do you still have what it takes to, to survive in this industry? And we did it. We just kicked it right in the teeth and then kept touring. Well, you touched on, sorry, you touched on something I wanted to bring up is that Scott's vocals are pull you guys more into that heavier sound than Jared's did, you know, because he, he kind of pulled you that southern rock sound even on the heavier songs. Was that, you mentioned it was intentional to get someone different, but was it intentional to get someone that pulled you a little, leaned a little heavier? Dude, it was such a crapshoot. I mean, I can finally talk about it now that it's been like three years. Our manager, I think that he just saw it as a way to make money. We had gotten a new manager, and, um, and it's not, you know, I'm not going to slander the guy. Like, it's, it's money. It's the music business, you know. We didn't expect some saint to manage us, <laughs> you know. Like, 10% of nothing is still nothing, you know. So, uh, he just said that he was managing Scotty's band, Trash the Brand. And he literally was like, I've got the perfect guy. And we just went, okay. Because we, we didn't want to... We didn't want to go away because we already had a tour booked. We didn't want to upset our fans. So we just kind of got put in this awkward position where we didn't really know. Like, we knew each other, but it wasn't like we were tight. We didn't, we played shows together, but we did not know each other. So we went in and just, it was, we were all blind to what, like, the first, the first show we ever played together was a sold-out machine shop show. And I was sitting there explaining to Scotty and Steven on the way up, like, how cool this venue was and how I basically, I'm like, don't fuck this up. <laughs> and they're like nervous, you know, and I mean, you know, look, we weathered the storm. So we figured out how to work together. We developed and cultivated a sound that I don't think any of us would have done without the other four of us involved. You know, it's just magic struck and we're very lucky for it. So, so what is the status of uh, the new albums and new stuff? We are talking to our first producer right now, okay. Skid Mills, um, about getting back. And he's lived with the, the new record. I've been listening to all the old stuff. Um, we got some songs that we're sitting on that are just killer, man. And it's just, it's kind of like a directional thing. 
We've always been a band that has been in active rock on the active rock circuit, and we've been in the top five countless times. We've had seven top fives, a couple number ones, and that's duking it out with bands like Avenged Sevenfold and Godsmack. And we're just ultimately not as heavy as those bands, but active rock really took to us because of our high gain electric guitar sounds. My new manager. Uh, that we've been talking to a lot about this said something really cool he just said man I really believe you could be like this this generation Skinner yeah. like write songs from the heart keep playing your he gave me a pat on the back he was like keep ripping those solos and those leads because they're iconic is the word he used I was like shit I didn't think that about myself you know but he was like keep on writing songs that people understand he was like I don't want you to duke it out with Godsmack anymore yeah. he's like I never should have put you in that position Art new manager that we're going to go with was our first manager. So it's almost like we went full circle. Mm -hmm. It's like we went through everybody and we were like, you know what? We had it right the first time. Fuck. Uh, so he made it happen for us the first time and he was like, just do me this favor when you're writing. And this was a deal breaker for him. He was like, don't just write the heavy. He's like, sometimes I feel like we were forcing a square into a circle. And he's like, but you guys are so amicable that radio took to you and liked you. And they'd have you to the studios and come play acoustics and, you know, He's like, but I think that with the way you all write, you have this sort of country edge, but you're too heavy for country. And he's like, but country is now the new Southern rock. Yeah. And he's like, and I'm not trying to steer you into any direction, but I just always feel like you've been this generation's Southern rock band. So work on that, will you? And I was like, yeah, all right. So we're in there writing songs, we're writing ballads, and then I'm writing heavy, heavy parts over it. And the writing process hasn't evolved too much. We're still headstrong cocksuckers, man. They drink too much whiskey and fight. <laughs> but uh, I think it's going to be a great record whenever we get to it. And there's talks of starting recording actually in a couple weeks. Oh, okay. Right. Right. So is it going to be a writing process in the studio type thing? Or? We, what we're going to do is we have snippets. I'm very guilty personally of like starting an idea and then going way too far with it to where once somebody wants to collaborate, I'm like, fuck you, this is my, you know. And <laughs> so instead, and Jason's the same way. So what we're doing is we're just recording our, you know, technology is so much different than when we started this band. You get an idea, you grab your phone, voice memo, boom, you yeah. got it, you know. So we've just got all these ideas, some that I'm so embarrassed about that I thought they were cool and some that I can't wait to hear, you know. And we all have phones full of them, so we're going to get with our producer and just sift through the stuff and see what we got. Do you do a bulk of the writing or is it kind of a collective effort? I do. I'm, I'm always my, I'm always like the guitar guy. And then I have like two or three cuts on every record. Jason's more of our hit writer, but he's welcomed me into the hit writing circle, you know, for the first time. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you know if it's, if it's a hit? You don't. It, it just, happens i find that the most like aloof person in the world might be the most prolific person in the world like you let them you let them hear it and they're just like that's the one and it's like some dude you're like it's some dude that you hate that you wouldn't trust you know with your kids and it's like but, or it's in the oddest of places if somebody's like like i had this one this one guitar tag that was like bum 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 and i was working on it and then our merch lady at the time, she was cleaning the bus, and she was sitting there sweeping, going. And I was like, okay, maybe that's a hit, you know, because it like infiltrated her psyche, you know, without her meaning for it to happen. Yeah. 
So none of us ever know if it's a hit, you know. Because songs are really tough. You have to remove yourself from it. Like for me, songwriting is very personal. So I might be like, this song has to be out. And people have to just be like, look, I hate to tell you this. I know it's very personal and intimate to you, but it's shit. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, if it's shit, let's not put that out there. (laughs) It also depends on what radio or whoever decides to get behind something. Did yeah. you hear a song like Contagious on the second album? Love to that me, song. that could have been like that was supposed been to be one of the, the biggest songs in the world. You know? Dude, it was. No, I, I wrote that. It was supposed to be the first single on the second record. And the guy that, funny backstory, the guy that told us that that wasn't the single, he was like, Stupid that's your single. Stupid Girl's a single. I fought him tooth and nail over it, you know, because that was going to be my first one to have where I had the main lion's share of the writing. I was like, holy shit, the first single on the second record, like, that's a big deal for me. That's going to be... And he was like, no, it's not the one. I'm like, fuck you, you know. <laughs> and he was the vice president of Virgin Capital Records. And he went with Stupid Girl, and it tanked. It didn't tank. I mean, we were... everybody. Radio was so excited to have a new Saving Abel song that they spun it. But people were like, this isn't the song, this isn't the song, this isn't the song. He ended up getting fired. <laughs> so we had some clout, you know. Yeah. I was like, okay, at least he lost his job. Yeah. And Contagious is, to, to this day, uh, you'll hear it tonight. To this day, it's one of my favorite songs that we ever performed live. Um, just because of everything, the guitar interplay, the guitar harmony part, there in the middle. Love that song. Thank you for the nod. Yeah. <laughs> what about the your front porch stuff? Like, do you Is that stuff you write with that specifically in mind? Because obviously it's not drastically different, but it's way more laid-back southern rock feeling. I don't ever go to um, writing. It's, I, I, I don't know how people do it. Some people, like especially in Nashville, there's hit songwriters. And sometimes people call them, call them in like, hey, we need a hit. You got two hours, go. Yeah. I can't write like that. I write from personal experience and I sit down, I just kind of like start picking at something and, you know, it'll steer you in one direction. It'll take you in a lot of different places. And to me... I'll always present my ideas to like Jason. Be like, what do you think? He'll be like, now that one, that one's good. And then all of a sudden we're, we're doing something. And then the stuff that I have left over, I, I tend to go, what can I do with this? Sometimes like I got one I've been meaning to pitch to Hailstorm because it's got a tagline that a chick singing would just be badass. You know? But I've got this like archive of music that doesn't have a home, you know? And what I want to do, I mean, I've got an, enough stuff for the front porch thing to where I could do another EP mm-hmm. and then release a full length. But Saving Able is and will always be first. So we got to get through that first. <laughs> well, we were listening to it on the way over here. It's pretty cool. Thank you. That first song on there, The Road, was cut straight to vinyl. Really? What? On the wow. original lathe <laughs> in Memphis that's sitting on the dock of the bay that's cut off. Wow. Yeah. That's and I, I hired the Memphis Horns. Yeah. And I hired a, a gospel trio. And I mean, I, it was surreal. I had all 14 musicians in the Studio A room at Arden Studios where like Houses of the Holy was cut. Yeah. And I had barricades up and it was all live. Wow. That's great. It was that nuts, man. Because, I mean, you just, that doesn't happen a lot anymore. You know, everything all live in the room like that. Well, so you got the, the, with Pro Tools, it's yeah. like, and I'm a session guy, you know, so I'm one of okay. the people that can actually play. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but it's just what I do, you know. It's like my phone rings, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And I heard the best line in Nashville. I can't remember who said it, but he was like just an old country timer, guitar slinger, played on a lot of records. And he was like, man, back in my day, we didn't have no Pro Tools, man. We just had pros. <laughs> you know, it's like you don't, you don't have time to hit stop and rewind and go back and give yeah. somebody 18 takes. Or it's like, you know, well, no, we already got the chorus. Let's just fly it over to the second one. Mm-hmm. Be done with it. Hey, yeah. double that guitar. I'm like, no, no, wait, wait. I could do it again, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that it just, what you just said, you know, carry that guitar over here. I mean, that takes, like, the feeling out of it. It stuff. sucks it out of it. Yeah. It and just, there's an entire generation of kids that don't even know anything about that. Yeah. Yep. Scary. Very. <laughs> Well, uh, talk about your SB Creations and how that idea came about. That idea came, I mean, I'd say seven years ago, maybe even eight. A very good friend of mine were sitting around. I didn't have as much ink back then. Like, he and I have been friends for a long time. And I hadn't seen him in two or three years. And he comes up on the tour bus. We're drinking whiskey, hanging out. And he's just like, dude, fucking look at you, man. <laughs> he was like, I mean, I can tell you, you did it. And I'm proud of you. He was an old musician friend of mine who I play with. He was like... I mean, I can say you did it all day long, but look at you. It was like, you did it, man. Like, what the fuck? You're all tatted up and everything. And I was like, yeah, like, this one means this. And, and I was like, this means rock and roll in Latin. <laughs> and he and I just got to bullshit, and then it was like, we should put that on a shirt. Yeah, yeah. And then just drunk talk, you know. Like, Everybody does that when they're drunk. Yes. Just to put that on a shirt. <laughs> yeah. And then a month later, he calls me, and he's like, do you remember... When we talked about that, and I was like, kind of, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He's like, what if I told you I had an investor and we could really do it? And I went with it. We had the, we had a company called Tatco. And we did, um, we had that company for about two or three years. Uh, it, was, it was an acronym. It stood for the Artist Tattoo Company. And what we would do is we would endorse other artists. And, um, you know, I, I would call up friends of mine, some of the guys from Shinedown, Seven Dust, Buck Cherry, and I'd be, I'd be like, look, I just want to help you make a little extra money. What if I start making you clothes based on your ink? And they were resoundingly like, fuck yeah, you know, but the business model just wasn't sound, and I was too young. I didn't really understand what was going on. One or two of the business partners that were involved kind of maybe were just using it as a crutch to go out on tour, come out and hang out with Nickelback and you know Seven Dust and all these bands and run around and shake hands and be part of the scene and just use my name the whole time. So that kind of burned me out on the whole thing. And I, what I did was I let the company just dissolve from inactivity about four years ago. And then about two years ago, I resurrected it under another name. And so now it's entirely my company, SB Creations. Um, and my original partner with this, like, I put all my own money into my company. And so all the profits are mine. But I told him if I can ever take it next level, he and I are for real partners. And it's just him and I, nobody else, you know. And he and I still talk regularly. He's proud of me and everything. There's no angst there, you know. So I, I can sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> so is everything you do with this your own designs or you have someone helping you? Here's my thing. I'm... I'm 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 a guitar player, singer, songwriter. I am far away from being an artist. I mean, stick figures are a challenge for me. Like I'm embarrassed to sign my name because of what my penmanship is. I got two degrees, but I can't write for shit. So I have all these great designs on me because I have a, a very active imagination. 
and I can really spell out to a tattoo artist what it is that I want and what I want it to represent, what I want it to look like. But I can't draw it myself. So they draw it for me. I make sure that the artist that I'm working with knows that I'm probably going to end up using it as part of a design, and if they want credit, I'll give them credit. But it's still my business, my money. Like I'm going to be the one making the profits. And they're all cool about it because word of mouth goes a long way. And I'll give them props on like you know social media, and I'll send a lot of people their way, other rockers. Um, and you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun, man. It's been a lot of fun. It's, it's been very hard work. But... I sometimes feel like if I didn't have that, or if I didn't have the front porch stuff, Saving Able would consume me. Because I'm a very hard worker, and the music business isn't always ready for that. Like, it's, it's hurry up and wait business, mm -hmm. honestly. So, it's been good for me, and like, my overall psychosis. Well, uh, I know you guys have played for the troops before. Are you going to do that again, you think? Oh, yeah. Whenever they ask, we go. Yeah, yeah. We, we missed a... Uh, we got offered a Motley Crue tour. Wow. Like a, like a first leg of the tour. And we said no because we had two shows that coincided that were overseas for the troops. But you got to go. You got to do that. I yeah. don't want the credit for it. I just, you know, it's like if they ask, we go. Definitely. What kind of experiences do you have from that? Anything oh, God, crazy yeah. or just like great stuff meeting the troops? And I, met, I met this kid. I say kid. He was like 24 at the time. He ended up as a VIP meet and greet guest. He came in the dressing room and he just gave this big, like, like we're supposed to know him. And I was like, hey, bud, what the fuck? <laughs> hey. And he ends up explaining to us, he's like, you don't remember? And I was like, I, he's like, Afghanistan. And I was like, oh, God, a lot of things happened in Afghanistan. <laughs> and he was like, I brought the colossomy bag. And I was like, oh, God, that was you. He was a troop. He was 20 years old, and you couldn't drink on the base in Afghanistan. So we we had a contract and a hospitality ride, and it was like you will get your fifth ejected. What are you going to tell the U.S. government? Like we're not going on stage without a Jack Daniels. You know, like. So he heard about it, and he came in with a colossal full of Jack Daniels, and we were like pouring it in cups. Shit. <laughs> And he was like, that was me. I was like, oh my God, dude. I mean, we have more like heart-wrenching stories than that, but that's that's the fun one that sticks out. Yeah. We played on active aircraft carriers. We got granted permission from Obama to fly into Guantanamo Bay. Wow. Like the truth. So it's been a whirlwind, man. Like we've been, Again, we've been very blessed. Well, the Make America Rock tour again last year did everything. Yeah. Go great on that. Oh, yeah. Were any of the bands, bands you guys had played with before? Yeah. Great friends. Saliva. Some of my best friends to this day. Yeah, that tour was a lot of fun. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, nice. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Rock and roll, Thanks, man. Thanks. Scott Bartlett of Saving Able, lead guitarist, founding member. There you go. Thank you to him for taking the time out of his day before the show to talk to us for, the, for a bit there. I mean, what did we learn? We learned that you need a colostomy bag full of whiskey at Rockloma. That's right. Yeah. I mean, don't we all? Yeah, we do. Well, there you go. So I'm we, gonna get on it. We learned new tactics there from Scott. That's uh, right. From fans of Saving Able that Scott talked about. <laughs> but yeah, we appreciate you listening. If you're a Saving Able fan and this is the first time you listen, 
hey, we've got 121 episodes you can go back and check out. And it's probably some dudes or dudettes that you like. Yes. SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder Dash Underground and YouTube at The Thunder Underground. There's episodes featuring guys from Soil, Shinedown, Drowning Pool, Avatar, Europe, Warrant, Megadeth, Battlecross, The Obsessed, Crowbar. The list goes on. Runs the gamut. Yeah. You know what I just realized? What's that? I said dudette. When's the last time you said that? It's kind of fucking lame, isn't it? 1992? It just came out. Yeah. (laughs) I should be in podcast jail for that one. Yeah. Yeah, the next episode 123 will be me by myself. Yeah, probably. I don't blame you. (laughs) Right. Next thing I'll be saying tubular. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We also recently had on John Connolly from 7 Yes, we sure did. And he How spoke, awesome was that? Yeah, that was pretty awesome. One of the things he spoke about was Gene Simmons, who we also had on this podcast. That's right. We had Gene Simmons. Do you have any Michael Jackson jokes? No. No. <laughs> Why does Michael love 47-year-olds? There were 40 of them. Gene That's Simmons great. is a member of the band Kiss, in case you did not know that. If you didn't know that, I'm not sure why you've been listening this long. <laughs> If you like music of any sort, you know that guy, whether you like him or not. Go check that out. It's Definitely. quite fun. Definitely. I mentioned Crowbar earlier. We don't talk about enough about how great those two episodes were. Yes, they were. That's uh, <clears throat> Kirk Winstein's a guy that if you love metal, you obviously know Kirk Winstein from Crowbar yes. and Down. And he's just one of those guys you can sit down and talk to about anything. And we talked to him about Kiss and Typo Negative and Night Ranger and vinyl and of course his music playing albums in their entirety yeah. saxon let me tell you something. that's right saxon yeah let me tell you something you know from being you know like 18 and watching headbangers ball and you know crowbar videos and stuff to like I, i'm gonna get a little eddie trunkish here sorry but to like just like be hanging on their bus with them and not even like and just like talking about you know Oh, what do you think of this band? What do you think of that band? With like, you know, all the guys from Crowbar. I was like, what's going on right now? Fucking pinch me. Right. You know, and they're all like cool as hell. And they're just like, it It was surreal. It was insane. Probably still my, my biggest highlight of our podcasting. And Matt has a Saxon tattoo, right? Yes. No, he had the shirt. Oh, he had a shirt Kirk on. Had Kirk the had the Saxon tattoo. tattoo. Okay. And he showed us. And That's right. I mean, it's just, it was nuts. So, yeah, there you go. Go back and listen to those. They were a blast. Definitely. It wasn't like you weren't nervous or anything because they were such down-to-earth guys. I mean, I, I could I could die now. It'd be okay. You know? <laughs> and he'll be back on here at some point. I'm sure they will. You. Yeah. They're, they are amazing human beings, the whole camp. Right. Well, speaking of people that'll be on here soon, Less Than Human. Yes. Great band out of uh, Tulsa. We've threatened many times. Another group of amazing humans. Yeah. All four of them came over. We sat down and talked to him. Got all kinds of great stories. We did get some good stories. Andy from Archon out of Oklahoma City, one of the finest metal bands in the state. Yes. Came over, sat down and talked to us for quite a while. Dude, if you put uh, if you put a radar gun on Andy's fingers when he's playing guitar, he would probably get all kinds of fucking speeding tickets. 
seriously. You got to remember that for his episode. I will. Talk about that I will. for people that know him that aren't listening I mean, right now. I mean, to watch that guy play, it's like, I'm going to go home and break my fingers. I should never play again. There's no point. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's coming up, and he's opening, his band, Archon, is opening for Superjoint, Battlecross, and Childbite in Oklahoma City at the Diamond Ballroom on May 13th. So if you're in Oklahoma City area, hit them up and buy tickets from them. If you're in the Tulsa area, hit up Kyle Williams and Smoke Offering. Yes. They're selling tickets as well. That's right. And they're like, I think it's like 15 bucks. Yeah, so you have no excuse. We're going to fucking be there. Yeah. That's a great fucking bill. We would go there for Forever and Disco. I mean, sorry, Forever For Smoke Offering and Archon. That's right. Yeah, definitely. But the fact that those two are there with Phil and Superjoint and Battlecross and Childbite. Yes. That's like a perfect evening of heavy metal. I listened to two Childbite CDs today. Wow. Badass. I can't fucking wait to see them again. I listened to Life Magni, of course. <laughs> of course. For the hey, I listened to it like three <laughs> times yesterday. Yeah. That's okay. I listened to, I also listened to, here's random news, Richie Cotton's, Richie Cotton's new CD. Oh, finally. yeah, that's out. That's out. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. You know, you, you don't expect anything less than phenomenal from this man. Yeah. He's one of the greatest musicians on his earth. But if you like the winery dogs and you've never checked out Cotson's solo stuff, some some of the songs sound like winery dogs because if it's a little bit heavier, you can't avoid it because mm-hmm. of his guitar and his voice. But then there's other songs that are laid back and bluesy, and it just runs the gamut. And this new album is the same way. Yeah. Check you, it out. You know what I listened to yesterday? What? On the way to the stowe. Stowe. Was Custom Black. Nice. The Custom Black CD, and we just saw them, too. That's a seven-song CD that is perfect, all killer, no filler. That's, um, yes, it's all killer, no filler. That's a great hashtag, and it's also what I like to call a ball squasher. A ball squasher. That's right. (laughs) In a good way. Yeah. Okay. Listen to this the day it drops. Thursday night in Tulsa, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Yes. Is the theme of the show. Yes, I just saw this. I just saw this. At Billy and Renee's with Had Enough, Black Jelly Bean, and The Peeps, and then Alter Blood. And there's yes. a few other like DJs and yeah. EDM and some... It's just like this folk guy, I think. It's just like a weird mix of people, but Black Jelly Bean and The Peeps features Chris... A porch Talk with Chris and Laura. Yes, definitely. So... Definitely get out there and check that out. And he's a drummer, but he, I think he plays guitar in that band. And then, nice. Of course, Alter Blood was we, just on here. We just had them on, so check that shit out. Yeah. They were on episode 121, the one right before this. Gotcha. And then Corey from Alter Blood was on Porch Chalk yes. the very next, or the same night, actually, that interview came out. So I he's see. just making his Tulsa Media rounds. There you go. He, he got to. Yeah. So, yeah, check out Alter Blood. That's another one. Episode 121, they should have new music coming here shortly. Heavy metal, that's what we like to talk about. That's right. Heavy metal. <laughs> right. Well, I think we've rambled a while. Like I mentioned earlier, YouTube is at The Thunder Underground. You can find the podcast on there or SoundCloud. But also YouTube has several reviews of albums, shows, concerts, that kind of stuff. And then we've got every album in a row that features us talking about a band's entire catalog from the first song to the last. We've done it on Ozzy, Van Halen, Metallica, Megadeth, Guns N' Roses, Pantera, Motley Crue coming here soon. 
God, we still haven't done the Motley Crue one. No, we've God got so damn, many. I've listened to all of them. I we're pumping out them all. two podcasts a week yeah. now. So I'm just like, Fucking if busy. we put that out, people might not pay attention. I'm done with Kiss already. You haven't even started. Right. Fuck. We've got Kiss and Life of Agony coming soon on that as well. We're going to do it. I didn't listen to Unmasked for nothing, damn it. <laughs> right. Okay. You understand me? I didn't listen. I didn't listen to The Elder for my health. <laughs> okay. So we better fucking record this soon, or I'm going to be one pissed off fat man. I'm going to tell Gene Simmons that you don't like the elder. Um, I'm sure it's not the first time he's heard that. Yeah, I'm sure some drunk, crazy fans told him that yeah. a few times in exactly. his life. They should make a Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park sequel. They should. They should. You know what they should do? They should re-record the elder. It would. It would be a smash hit. Yeah. With Tommy Thayer on guitar, it'd be perfect. Yes. The Elder, every time I've heard The Elder, I think, man, this would be better if Tommy Thayer was playing. Well, That's duh. the only thing that was missing. Definitely. Yeah. You know, they should, they should re-record it with Mark St. John. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Wait, speaking of Kiss. He's dead. Yeah, that's what I was... Okay. I'm a dick. Speaking of Kiss... Are we done yet? No, Vinnie Vincent from Kiss is now living as a woman in Nova Scotia or somewhere. That's And that's okay. Yeah, but it's just random. Don't talk shit. I'm not. It's okay. just random news that came out. So I'm throwing it out. It I don't know. random news. I've only seen like one story about it, so it could be bullshit. But hey. You never know. If you've wondered where Vinnie Vincent has been for a while, because I know Mark Slaughter did that interview last year saying that he hasn't heard from him since the last time they walked off stage yeah. in 1989 or whenever it was. So it's just the guy disappeared. Now we know. Why didn't they put Tommy Thayer in the onk makeup? The what makeup? The onk. The oh yeah. That Vinnie Vincent had. Why not do that? I don't know. Because people don't remember that, except for you and diehard Kiss fans. I guess so. I don't know. All right. Well, now we're done. Thank God. Until next time. I'm gonna go get my cardio in. Thunder Underground, y'all.